Recording with live people from various locations in the United Kingdom and Canada. This Yo. is the Immaterial Gamers Podcast. Another quarantine edition. You can't hear us. I don't like it. You can't hear. Well, you can't see us because, like, we're literally not even recording video. So, yeah, that is true. Use less scatter. Why do we let you out in the world? My name is Ryan, and today on the show, we've got the following guests. We've got the Eastern European maestro, Darius. Hello. Everyone's favorite Canadian, Duncan. Hello. We've also got... Uh, <laughs> some other people. Crazy laughing man, Stefan. You couldn't remember where I was from, could you? Gibraltar. Oh, Gibraltar's favorite export. <laughs> there we go. That's what... <laughs> That's even better. Gibraltar's number one export, Stefan. And local to the area, D. And our host, Ryan. Hey, everyone, how's it going? Uh, yeah, it's great. Cool. And uh, yeah, you hear about that this week? No, we can't be doing that every week. And we instantly get uh, flagged. Ah, yeah. shit, I mentioned it by name, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, quarantine mine suggested from the, from the hallway, bleep it out. So, uh, yeah, well, welcome to out. another quarantine bleep. episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is how they're going to seem to continue to be for the, the near future. Quarantine episodes with no news. Because well, nothing's going on. Uh... Nothing is happening. Well, are we starting with the news, or we want them so, to so later what? on? We don't right, have well, news. Well, we can do yeah, it. No, we're doing. Yeah, we can do an interstitial. All right, let's move on to news. News time. There is none. I, I right. certainly have one. Okay. You have one piece of news. One piece of news from two days ago. Okay. Um, so, still kind of related to the whole situation which we have around the world at the moment mm-hmm. however like which cannot be named yeah however cd project red has donated almost one million dollars to polish fundraisers to help medicine to buy some medicine medicine medicate yeah, medicine equipment medical equipment there we go medical exactly. equipment so You're that's right, kind yeah. of there is a bit of news, yeah, because um, CD Projekt Red is not the only one, because Riot Games, who we follow a lot, also did it. Nice one. So, uh, yeah, so good on them. They occasionally so, do things, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, other than that, nothing. There's nothing else. <laughs> absolutely nothing else. Well, so, um... they really like. Can't even really like go to the store to buy video games these days. It's digital or bust. Uh, what is it? I was gonna say, uh, we haven't talked about the humble choice, have we? This month. Uh, the humble choice continues. Uh, yeah, with this month, it's my friend Pedro Planet Coaster 2019 at Formula One. For you, have, you have three days left if you want to get them. Yeah. From, uh, from now or from, from the release? From when the podcast comes out, you've got three days. Well, Ryan did the math ahead of time. Or maybe he just did that quickly in his head. I don't know. I did it quickly in my head. I was like, when's Tuesday? Uh, Battle Chasers, Let's It Punk, Talk, Death Gambit, 1980 at, well, 19, 198X, Nephahim, AR Wars, and Etherball. To be honest, yep. Fallen Seal looks like the RPG one. It could be fun. Yeah. Well, I take out Battle Chasers on mine because I already have that all on the PC already and the PS4 because for some reason. Um, so I've got to find one game to drop from this and I think I may know what it is. You'll find out next week. <laughs> I kind of wouldn't mind knowing what the hell my, my friend Pedro is all about. Right, you can always banana. click games and you can find out. It's a platforming shooter game with a sentient banana. Fair so, All the games have trailers, so 
some of them actually have gameplay. I know that's a, that's a, that's a weird thing, but, you know, that's how it is. So, I guess, no, no fancy gimmicks this time. We're not going to play a game of TFT while recording the podcast. Well, I mean, someone might, but we're not going to be bound by time for it, because there's bloody five of us. There should be enough time for us to all talk about what's been played. What's been played? So, Darius. So, why me? Because you're at the top of the list. It's well, almost like he sensed it was going to be him, because he was like, he said a thing. So, what would you like to know, Ryan? I would like to know. A game that you've played. Game which I've played. Um, fair enough. I've been playing quite a few games recently. Yeah, I mean, noticing on the WhatsApp that you've been, uh, you know, you've been getting more of those board games. I mean, a couple of weeks before lockdown, you sent us something which can only be described as something six foot tall. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, that may not be the game that you're playing. So, well, with well, the Edge Downfall, I've. Well, I didn't really play it. I just kind of like unboxed it and have a look on the rules, etc. Yeah. Uh, so it's not something really complicated in terms of learning uh, of the mechanics. However, it's it is com- completely different story when it comes to playing with different players because mm. this is like purely strategic game. So the more you can think forward, the the better you can be. So right. that's something what Stefan can enjoy. Wait, what? Why? Why? Because <laughs> you are better with these things than me. I'm like pure like havoc. I like to keep causing havoc all, all over the place. I love causing havoc. It's just I plan my chaos and destruction. I don't. I don't like planning. So yeah, there's my army. I want to kill that unit, and I hope for the best. That's me. <laughs> That, that's see? where I'd go. There's my, there's my bait. <laughs> there's my target. Bring it. <laughs> I know you used to have been playing a fuck ton of honor. Yeah. And yes, about the electron, electronic games, we've played. Me and Stefan, we've played Anno, um eighteen hundred. Is this right. the new one? Yes. Yes, it's the newest one. Uh, we've played it on the co-op thingy. So you, we, controlling one. Nation, I would say. Mm. One nation, and we're trying to like organize things and make one, profits. One nation. Uh, I think we didn't name it or anything like that. We are just like the blue player, basically. Uh, are we blue player. Well, I <laughs> no idea what color we are. I believe we are blue. Uh, well, I can give us just the more the ship right and stuff, and Darius is more the fleet admiral. Uh, to be honest, uh, re- lately we've been on both things. Stefan, Stefan was fighting on his new world. I was like trying to keep the uh, income on the plus side, on positive side, instead of losing money. Um, so I was like taking care of the buildings at the moment. Stefan was fighting the bad guys. Mm. So it's definitely fun game. Uh, definitely. Um, Worth considering this two, three, or even four players call thing, especially later on in the game. When right now we have, um, was it is it three worlds, four worlds right now? Three worlds, yeah, three worlds. Uh, on each world, we have like dozen of violence, um, dozen couple of violence at least. Um, yeah, one world we have the last world we got, we've got one, yeah, but and then the, the other first one... world. The old world, we basically own everything because we t- we didn't like the purple guy. Oh, he didn't like us, but yeah, fair enough. And um, the, in the new world, we own about half of it so far that we've discovered. So, so yeah, the whole... European thing to do. So if you have more players... You on... say is it the European thing to do? Sounds, yeah, it sounds like a very European thing to do. It's like, oh, look, a new world. Let me just own half of that. <laughs> no, 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 this is the, the, that's the Brit side of me coming out where it's um, I need to make a kingdom. <laughs> yeah, that. so definitely it's worth having more players later on in the game because if you're trying to like get grasp of everything, it's it's really it's a lot. It's a lot to take in uh, for one player, and that's when co-players. Are really handy. 
So instead of developing one island at a time, we we can develop two, three, four islands at a time with more players, isn't it? Are you trying to find that one piece? Say again, sorry. You're trying to find one piece? One Conquer piece. the grand line. I know. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's gotta a go, Gotta go. <laughs> that's definitely a fun game to play. Um, other than that, I've been playing 13. 13. 13. It's a uh, 2000, 2000 something game. Oh, wait, hold on. No, 13 stylized in Roman numerals, XIII one. Yes. The weird, like, cell shaded. Yes. First person game. So I think that was one of the first. It was the first kind of first game which I play in cell shading. And on top of it, it was one of the first games which I ever owned. Wow. Because I bought it like Mm. it on the release day ish. Mm. So it was definitely a first shooter which I owned. Other than that, I did own other games, but they were like, you know, um, let's call it like kids' games, like um, Rayman or something. Mm. So, yeah, that, it's it's really, even now, uh, playing this, like, I don't know, 15 years later or maybe more, uh, it still definitely have a good story, good feel to it. Okay, it's it's a bit dull because it's old, but still, the, the whole story of it, the whole mechanics uh, of how they designed the levels, it's really nice. I do enjoy it. Mm. Uh, uh, I love that one. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia for it while we're going through. I was just wanting to, just trying to, learning a little bit of trivia on this. Of like, uh, who voiced 13? The character. I don't know, but I do remember that you are waking up with amnesia. Kind of like really um, confident, well, confident, uh, a really common thing um, for most of the games, isn't it? Yeah, pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 2000s video game trope. It's like, you wake up, you don't know where you are or who you are. Yeah, and generally you're a little bit unskilled, which is why you need to earn some sort of experience to gain levels. I still like that, what they did in Mass Effect for that, or the Mass Effect series. Ah, right, cool. Commander Shepard, you saved the world in the first game. Oh no, you died in the second game. That's that, And we'll bring you back to life using some sort of Lazarus technique. That's why you are now level one again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the clue for who the protagonist of 13 is. Next files. Um... Okay, I don't remember the names of those actors. I just know Scully? what they look like. You're the one. Uh, hold on, David oh, Duchovny, yeah, the man. He was he was uh, Mulder. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. I don't you pronounce his name. Oh my god, I've seen his name so many times, and I'm just like, oh god, well, that name. But that's oh, the actor's name. <laughs> yeah, David Duchovny. But uh, yeah, he voiced thirteen. Okay, very nice. Win yeah. that game. So he can. So, yes, that, that was well worth one Owen Wilson. Wow. Well, good thing is. Uh, this, well, good thing. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or bad thing. One of the things about this 13 game is that it's getting uh, remade. Yes, yes, it is. So that was one of the kind of reasons I start playing the game because I wanted to enjoy the first one before I. If I will get played uh, the second one. Because most of the things I don't really remember from the first game. I even have a box on me somewhere around here. Yeah, because uh, they were based on graphic novels, weren't they? Uh, pro- yes, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, it was one of the games which had uh, like four CDs. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so to, pl- to install the game, you, I think you're using Qual. And then to play the game, you constantly need to keep swapping the discs. So one part of the game is on one disc, the other part is on the other, and the last third one is on the next disc. Oh yeah, that's something you don't really see these days. Is multi-disc. No, definitely not. Oh, don't even get these me started with that. Cause I remember, remember Wing Commander and that having four discs, but if you got to a failure state in disc four, it asked you to insert disc one again. I was like, why? Sorry, I interrupted Duncan. Let's just say, like, discs are so you know they have so much storage space on them now, so you just don't need it anymore. Mm. It's just like it's like I it's like I seem to remember like at the very like tail end of that that era of we're not quite there yet with the disc space. It's like 
And like, didn't like Final Fantasy thirteen have like a fucking shitload of discs? Uh, no, thirteen managed to get uh, away. Was that with something else? I just one. There was some other. Was I think Odyssey. It could have been a different Final Fantasy. Well, sure the Final Fantasy thirteen was either four DVDs or one Blu-ray. Oh, oh that's what. It... I see. Okay, I could. Um, uh, pro- my memory was exaggerating the figures. I just remember it being like you know, like if you got it for like the Xbox because they didn't have Blu-rays, it was like a bunch of discs. But if you got it for the PlayStation Three, which was all Blu-rays, it was just one. Yeah. So we. So we were so both just, right like, and wrong. I just remember like a comparison image of like the Xbox mm-hmm. versus the PlayStation, and it was really funny. Yeah, that was it. It could be like a Donald. Good old days. You could be like trying to install Donald War. That takes fucking discs for days. Oh god, don't even get me started on the installations of like multiple <laughs> discs on a game, and then even turn around saying that you needed fucking disc two or something, even though you just installed thirty gigabytes on your computer, which at the time thirty gigabytes was fucking huge. Nowadays, hundred gigabytes is like. I have like not even thirty gigabytes on my computer right now left. Anyway, yeah. I need to offload some videos. God, I mean, I mean, I'm in a situation on my PlayStation that I've just kept it in the five hundred gig state. I haven't got a new hard drive or anything for that. But I'm in a situation where I'm sort of I'm trying to clear out space by playing Yakuza games just to clear them out for Final Fantasy, and in them just being replaced by new Yakuza games. Which is like, no, don't do this to me. I, I bought the Yakuza collection, and it started with Yakuza three, and then installed four and five when they came out. Yeah, the, just... the Yakuza series developers are literally just waiting for you to play them so that they can release more games. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, they're good games. I still haven't played any Yakuza yet. Oh, I still keep saying that you should. I think I've installed but, uh... them a couple of times. I mean, if it was going to give you anything, if if you ever wanted to play anyone, play Zero. I don't mean don't play any of them. I mean Yakuza Zero. But anyway, we're still in the middle of Darius's 13 discussion. Um, no, that was kind of my final point, that they're making a remake of this game, and that's it, basically. And then you start talking about different things. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that, that those were my most played games for the past week or two. Fair dues. Very Fair dues. Duncan! Oh, me? I haven't been here for a while, and there's been a game I wanted to talk about for a long time. Yay! So the game that I've I've played... I've had lots of time to play lots of games in the podcast that I've missed, but the game I've played the most and want to talk about the most is a little game called Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ooh, Ori. That's the sequel Wisps. to Ori in the Blind Forest. Yes. Yes. This is a game I did not play. Uh, oh, I just heard. Yeah, I've I've heard it's pretty good. Um, it's yeah. It was uh, I I just happened to watch you know one of my uh, YouTube subscriptions uh to uh put out a video in this game, and it wasn't even like. You know, like he got like an early access to it or whatever, and it was so it was like a while back, and it's mm. like it wasn't even like his most recent video at the time. I was just like, I'm really bored. I need something to watch, so I, you know, threw that on and watched him mm. play it for like 40 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, this is this looks really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go play this. And so I went and bought the game, and uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I'm very happy that. I, I having not played the first game, I don't feel like I'm missing anything that's like crucial to understanding the way this game plays out. It's you know, it's kind of its own story. Oh, uh, I don't so... think story related you're missing anything. It's just like it's maybe maybe it continues the story, but in the other hand it's it's uh, separate. Yeah, it's kind of like it seems like the kind of perfect sequel as far as story goes, because it's like, you know. You would understand the characters a little better if you watched the f- play the first one, but it's also independent enough that you don't need it to enjoy it in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, you uh, should I explain the story of the game first? Oh, there's so much to talk about. Um, so Ori and the Will was is basically a Metroidvania action platformer type game. Oh, hello. Okay. Yeah. It's- you know, so you get a a a variety of uh, 
you know, fair movement options. You know, you get your double jump, you get grapples, uh, bashes that let you jump off of enemies. Uh, you get a dash. Uh, all kinds of different movement options that help you that you unlock progressively that help you traverse this uh, this world of uh, what is which one is this called? Nywen? Yeah, I think the game setting is Nywen. Okay. Whereas the previous game was a nibble. Uh, and yeah, you have your you have a basic attack, which is sort of like a uh, like a spirit sword that uh, it's you know it's it slashes pretty good. It it does the job, pretty serviceable. And you unlock various other attacks. You can you know you you get currency by fighting enemies. You can unlock different kinds of attacks. Mm. Uh, and you can have up to three equipped at a time, but you'll usually find that you know unless you're using certain certain ones for to solve specific puzzles that you know you'll you'll generally default to your three favorites okay one of those kinds of games but you know it's it's different enough it's varied enough that like you know everyone can kind of play their own way mm. um and yeah it's a uh, in in concept it's fairly simple but in execution it is very well done uh it's it's the game looks beautiful first of all it's probably one of the best looking games i've played yeah, I mean, I heard that was the same with with Blind Forest as well. That's just there's just so much in terms of the art and the scenery, and sort of every sort of little detail is just it's just there. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend if even if you don't pick up the game for yourself, I recommend you know just spending some time watching someone play because it it's uh it's fun to watch too, and it's uh it's a it's a visual little gem. Uh, and the the music is really good as well. Uh. I, I, I honestly, I've never, I've never bought the music in a game uh, before, like the music, like the soundtrack to a game before. Mm. I'm strongly considering buying the soundtrack to this game. Ooh, it's really, uh, it's very, it's very atmospheric. You know, it can, you know, it goes from being cheerful and relaxing to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, to to being, you know, sort of creepy and, you know, intimidating and. Sometimes it's very sad, and it's it's you know it's it's a lot to talk about in you know a, a fifteen minute hot spot. Yeah, but, but honestly, there's just so much good to say about it. The platforming is so tight and satisfying. Like the controls feel very responsive. Uh, like you know, like it's not you know one of my least favorite things in a platformer is when like you know. You're trying to run off an edge and do a, a nicely timed jump, and you know because you press the A button too close to the edge while you were running, it just eats your input and you just fall in the water or fall off a cliff or whatever. That oh, shit never yeah. happens in this game, you know. So like very responsive, very tight controls. Mm. Um, you know the platforming is very satisfying because it's like it gives you just enough wiggle room to, you know, be suboptimal in your jumps and your distances uh but it's also you also need to do just a little bit of work to to make those jumps and actually land them properly so it's like yeah it's, it feels very satisfying when you actually you know do it right uh, nice. as far as the puzzles go uh i'm not a big puzzle guy really you know like i don't really like puzzle games in general you know there's a couple there are puzzle games that I have enjoyed, like I like Portal, but yeah. puzzle solving part is usually my least favorite part, and most of that's because just because I'm kind of dumb. But part of it is also like you know, I always hate when a game that is otherwise great or has or has uh, content in it that I really really like and want to see more of. Like you know, when you play Portal, it's like you want to see more of that awesome environmental stuff. You want to hear more of that funny dialogue. You want to you know get more of that story. You know. How There's do you so much feel? content that you want to see in Portal. How do yeah, you I feel? I'm a potato. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's like, you know, I run into a puzzle that, you know, stumps me, and I could be there for 40 minutes to an hour figuring out this puzzle, and I'll just be like, just frustrated because I want to get to the game. You know, I want to get back to playing the game. Mm. Whereas the puzzles in this game... Something about them, they're very intuitive. Like, almost immediately, once you see where you are and where your goal is, you can almost immediately visualize what you're supposed to do. It's really just a matter of 
getting the sequence of abilities right and you know getting the timing down and that's it you know it, i usually don't have to do more than like two or three tries to get a puzzle done properly yeah and it's never like it's never a situation where like the game is expecting too much of you or the game, you know the puzzle the solution is too abstract to figure out you know you it's never really the game's fault it's usually just you going like oh right yeah okay uh, i know how to do this or oh shit i messed up that jump let me do it again you know mm. and i like that it's really really good you know i uh i could i could probably go on for a while i i'm strongly considering actually like writing like a review for it and, and maybe recording it but i've got other stuff on my plate for now so no, well, later i know what you mean there's certainly something that could be sort of talked about especially some maybe someone like you said someone watching the play the the gameplay and that would just work yeah i've i'm almost done it i think i'm like three quarters maybe a little bit more than three quarters through the game through the main story now i'm going to get it 100 percent complete I don't usually bother doing 100% playthroughs because it's just like, who fucking cares for the yeah, most part? Some people are like, sort of Metroidvania stuff as well. Yeah, some people are like completionists, you know, they gotta get all 987 collectibles, they gotta fucking, you know, they gotta look through every little nook and cranny. But, but in this game, not only are the collectibles not super cumbersome, like, like there's not like thousands and thousands of them, yeah. but they also have like a really... They, they they make it fairly easy to keep track of where they are and how many of them you have, you mm. know. Like you get a percentage completion for every map, every segment of the the world. Oh. Yeah. So so that kind of motivates you. So I will complete it 100. percent Probably won't be too hard. And uh, yeah, I've, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm looking forward to finishing it. Coolio. Yeah, like, I I could I could stay I could sit here for ages and talk about Ori, but uh, I. Suffice to say that Ori is the best game I've played this year. Easily. Nice. Nice. I mean, while you were talking about it, I was looking through. I've just put it on the Discord as well. That's the that's the official site for the Ori game series. And if you want to talk about the sort of like how nice all the like the artwork and stuff like that, it can only assume that the artwork that they've used on the website is the same that they use in the game because it is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's what it looks like. And my God, it's this nicely designed site. It seems it seems that the site that they're wanting to use to reflect yeah. the game, and it works. And in terms yeah, of those, as far as I can tell, as far as I can tell, all the cutscenes are like like in engine. You know, I don't like. There's no like. As far as I know, there's no like pre-rendered. Yeah, mm-hmm. It seems like there are like they do cutscenes obviously that are not possible in the game, but like all all the same models and backgrounds are used for the cutscenes. It, it looks pretty much consistent all throughout the experience. Yeah. So here's a suggestion for this as well, because I also, because you were talking about picking it up, it is available on the Microsoft Game Pass for Windows 10. Both the new one and the previous game, uh, so Blind Forest and Will of the Wisps together, they're on there, and based on what's being discussed there, and the fact that it's Metroidvania, I think they will be being downloaded pretty much at the end of this podcast, mm-hmm. and maybe worth trying, because considering Game Pass is things like a pound for the first month, and then it's four pound a month for a metric fuck ton of stuff. And I think we discussed it on a couple of podcasts before, that they're putting the entire Final Fantasy collection on there at some point. <laughs> currently, currently it contains 15, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, 15, probably my least favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah, but I mean... Uh, I, I could sit and talk for ages about Final Fantasy 15 for a totally different reason. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. You did not like that new recipe. Yeah. Just, yeah, we we will push very... that game away to the tune of Stand By Me by Florence and the Machine. Yeah, it was so... Oh, God, it was just so refreshing to play. It's like a very, like, old-school kind of game. Like, yeah. it's very... It feels like the kind of games... Like, you were dare to talk about Rayman earlier. It's like, it feels very, like... Rayman, Crash Bandicoot, you know, obviously like uh, Metroid, you know, it has very old school feeling, but with a lot of modern sensibilities. Obviously, it's a very modern look. Yeah. You know, and it's things like auto saves and things like that that are, you know, modern conveniences, but a lot of a lot of old school attitude that you don't really see in games these days. 
And it was nice because it's like, you know, you look at it and you you watch it for the first few minutes and you think, oh, this is going to be another one of those like uh, emotional feely wheely kind of games. It's like it'll make your heart feel all fuzzy, but it won't be it'll gameplay wise. It'll be just being like meh, mediocre. The fact that they do both. But the fact that it's like a really solid game underneath its really compelling narrative is, you know, it's like A plus. A plus from Duncan. Cool. That. There we go. If there's ever a recommendation, that's the one to go for. Right. D. Um, over there, I'm playing GTA. I tried doing a little bit of the room. The other thing I tried was the, from the humble, from Epic Games, was the uh, Stanley Parable. Ah, you've now entered the weird world of the Stanley Parable. Yeah. Speaking oh, I've got games, a piece of news. Interesting narrative and mediocre gameplay. Well, I op- opened up Epic anyway, and there's a bit of news. The first DLC for Borderlands is out now. Well, it came out this week. Yeah. Where... Guns, Loves, and Tentacles. The marriage of Hamlock and the other character. Wainwright. The marriage yep. of Wainwright and Hemlock. Yep, because in Borderlands 3, there was the very, very clear, obvious... and I mean, it was. It was clear and obvious of Wainwright Jacobs and Sir Hamlock being a couple. Yeah, there's a recording saying... Like, they, they did a recording... It, like, oh, I think it was... Hamlock was in prison or something. And he's like, mm. I miss you, I miss you, darling, my dear Wainwright. And he's like, he was worried about not seeing Wainwright for one more time. And he has to get through the prison to get back to Wainwright. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit of, I suppose it's technically news. It came out this week. So. Mm. But uh, when well, the yeah. games do you wish to talk about? Well, the game I've been playing Fritton of is um, um, I've been kind of Stanley Parable. I did. I've been enjoying it. I found it kind of enjoyable, but I'm not sure what the frit's going on a lot of the time. It is. I think, I think the kind of the point of the game is that, like, you know, what it, what's going on is kind of up to you and the path you take. Um, yeah. The narrator is basically like, no, 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 not this way, Stanley. Well, that's that's the intent, is it? Right. So. So Stanley Parable could be very, very easily classed as a walking simulator. Yeah, sort of like the uh, the the Godfather of that that subgenre. Yeah. Uh, so, so so I also find it weird that it would be considered the anti-walking simulator at the same time. Yeah. Um. I did. Yeah. I did find the voice on it a lot like Steve, Stephen Fry, the narrator. Um. It isn't, but it is someone apparently famous. I don't know. Right, we'll find that while you talk about it. But no, it, it sounded like a Stephen Fry kind of voice. Um, and, but yeah, I was just walking through and I'm sat there going, I'm not entirely sure what I'm meant to be doing here. And I ended up just getting restarted a bunch. It was like, okay, suddenly died and then da 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 da. And it's just like, but no, if you follow the path directly, it takes like five minutes. And it's like, oh, job's done. It's like, um, no, let's restart again. And. <laughs> take a left this time and take a right and whatnot and basically I ended up with a confusing ending at one point I got to stage 6 of the 8 of the confusion ending and I'm sat there like wait what is that the end end or of this particular sequence because it got to like I was reading the board it's like narrator talks da 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 and it got to like the 6 of 8 and I'm sat there going right we're at this bit here how do I do 6, 7 and 8 because it'll restart the game and then these things will happen, but you won't remember what's going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's you and the um, it's just you and the narrator. Yeah, kind of weird, but it's kind of fun at the same time. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's not something you could play for hours and hours and hours, but it is something that's like it's basically it's like a psychology thing, the butterfly effect. You get to literally play out. If you take a right or a left, what will happen? It's that kind of deal. Mm. Well, the butterfly effect is no matter whether you take left or right, it will happen. Mm. That's the butterfly effect. I thought the butterfly effect was like, you know, like a small action now could have. Every action has a ripple like effect. Compound. Or every action oh, has. Oh, right. That's the one. Okay. Better, yeah. Better, yeah. Um, and every action and. Like multiverse theory. Yeah. 
uh, every time you do make a decision. But because Stanley keeps getting reset, but you know, we're aware of what happens, but the narrator and Stanley may not know about the resets. Because even in the confusion end, the narrator forgets what what's going on at that point. So it's not just the narrator and you. It's there's obviously someone other than the narrator and you that's controlling the narrator. Like I don't want to forget. Click. Yeah. Like, I've seen a, I've seen a bit of the uh, the Stanley Parable. I think one of my favorite um, bits from it was uh, like very early on in like the in like the main sort of the main storyline. You want to call it that story mm. storyline prime. You can uh, just sort of hang out in like a janitor closet. <laughs> oh, he goes nuts! And the narrator's just like, "It's like Stanley, open the closet." As it turns out, it was just a janitor's closet, and there was nothing remarkable inside. And so he continued on his way. But then you stand in the janitor's closet, and he just gets like more and well, more pissed off and annoyed. He eventually, second... he just conclude. He eventually concludes that you've just died at your keyboard, and asks someone else in the room to take over for you. Oh, what was it? No, the um, I didn't get that far. I did notice that I went into the closet a second time, and he got annoyed, and now he's boarded it up. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's now boarded it up, and he goes. The first time you go through the puzzle, it goes four eight one two or whatever. He goes, yes, 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 and then you did the restart, and then you just go to the keypad and goes, you're rushing me along on my monologue and whatnot. And then later on, it's just like, oh, we all know this song and dance. Next bit, please. It's just like it's the way it evolves between you, and, between you and the narrator. It, he he's kind of aware of what what's going on, and Stanley's just like eh. Stanley's been Stanley. What is it that you like so much about this broom closet, Stanley? I I, I was in the elevator and I was like, even Stanley at one point just went, hum hum hum. Stanley did it. I'm getting bored. I'm just reading it. I'm reading it on a wiki. Inside the broom closet, if the player stands around long enough, the narrator will get frustrated and begin to f- make fun of Stanley after questioning the player about the logistics of their choice. He also considers the fact that the player is dead, which would explain why they'd be standing in the closet rather than exploring the officers intended. After suggesting that a second player be brought the keyboard, the narrator goes silent. Mm. When the narrator welcomes the supposed second player, if the player steps back into the broom closet, the narrator will say... Or well, the narrator will become exasperated at humanity's apparent stupidity and will remain silent after suggesting the player pass the controls to something non-human. <laughs> yeah, and after that he boards it up. Yeah. Um, and it's like the... Oh, is it the coffee room? He goes to the coffee room, like the break room or whatever. He goes, Stanley doesn't know about this thing. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, Stanley, it's a very nice room, but... You need to get going. And then uh, there's, it's like my first one is it went, I went all the way through to the near the end, and then it went escape, and he was walking down the corridor like, you walk down the corridor. This is this is will kill you, Stanley. Like, let's find out. But yeah, it's quirky. I give it that. If you know what I mean. Mm. It, it, yeah, it's a very quirky game. It's not. Uh, and I was looking at the achievements. And I'm like, what? what? It's like one of them is play it, f- it yeah, the, you wouldn't exactly play it for the achievements necessarily because some of them is just like, what? Oh, God, well, I've just read one of the endings that makes the narrator sad. I've been trying to work some of them. It's a concerning one. I know the narrator has a breakdown at one point in one of the endings. Oh. He, end, he ends up with an existential crisis. The mm. narrator starts showing signs of existential crisis. And but, he, uh, yeah. Now, this one was called The Zending, which um, is uh, apparently behind an unintended possibility in the original Half-Life 2 mod, where it was possible to repeatedly jump off the scaffolding to the floor in the mind control facility until dying. Apparently, you just keep falling off something high, and every time you keep falling off, it doesn't kill you, but it damages you, and the narrator just starts pleading and begging for you to not do it. <laughs> yeah, it's but, kind of fucking crazy. Uh, so, uh... Yeah, and there's four games on the thing at the moment till the April second, is it? On the epic World War Z fragment, Drawful Two, and Terminator versus Punisher. Well, World World War World War Z just seems to keep coming up. 
Drawful 2 has been provided as free by Jackpox due to the virus that shall not be named. Uh, um, I actually enjoyed World War Z um, when I played it with Chris and Han. It's basically Left 4 Dead. Yeah. If you like Left 4 Dead, then World War Z is kind of like Left 4 Dead all over again. There is one that seems a bit weird that could be could be fun for co-op groups just called GTFO. Get the fuck out. Yeah, no. well, no, 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 yeah, but still. The point about it is that, um, yeah, it's supposed to be the first. It was supposed to be an actual horror co-op experience. I mean, World War Z, Left 4 Dead, stuff like that. I mean, they, they're class as horror, but it's just like, eh. Shooters. Yeah, shooter zombies. Yeah. Well, let's mow down a few thousand zombies. But, yeah, well, it's nice to see that there, there we go. It's a survival horror first-person shooter cooperative game. Developed by Swedish indie studio Ten Chambers Collective, uh, one of the people who uh, one of the people who were part of that company is the original music director and voice of Bane from mm-hmm. uh, Payday Two. Yes, oh, the Payday series. Yeah, uh, Simon Vickers is like Bane, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> oh no, no, not ah. that Bane. You are not in control. <laughs> Nobody cared who I was until I put the mask on. <laughs> still, my fav- still, my favorite Bane line ever is... Um, I you know, can't you can... feel my face when I'm with you. No, what was it? Um, I don't give you permission to die yet. Just before he <laughs> chucks ch- 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 him into the Lazarus pit. You are weird. I've never actually watched Batman The Dark Knight Rises. So I can't actually quote Ben, but I can do his voice as long as I have a cup. <laughs> oh, actually, yes, I do have a cup. Ah, yes, a fellow Ben. Hello, Ben. I'm just together so that we can de- destroy Gotham and the Batman. I'm really excited about it. I still love Heath Ledger as Joker, though. Uh, yeah, what? Oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry, I can't. That's, that's going into Batman. But yeah, that's going a bit too into Batman and not think. That would be a bit too much of a size step. Um, oh, by right. the way, the butterfly effect, seeing that none of you were able to remember it, butterfly flaps its wings and a tornado or a typhoon or whatever hits like an on the other side of the world. Uh, I got it right. Yeah. Yeah, the smallest change can make the biggest effect. It's often applied to time travel, where, you know, a little yeah. thing that you do up in the past mm. step on a something and that... disastrously different in the fr- in the present. Ah, I just went down on a chair. I bet that was an accident. But then you wouldn't happened. really notice if the present changed, because if the past changed, then the present would change, and you wouldn't really notice. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> you would notice, because you came from your original time. It really depends well, on how time travel works, doesn't it? It's either like, yeah. it's either the Einsteinian theory where the past has already always happened, so changing things, so you can't change things because whatever changes you make have already been happened, or it could be the multiverse theory where every new change creates a new person. timeline. So the person who every went back choice. and changed it will remember everything, and his timeline will still exist, but a new diverging timeline will be created with the new settings, so to speak. Like the uh, series. There's quite a few series that play with time, but yeah. Doctor Who. Uh, what was I the believe other one? Dragon Ball Z follows that one. Multiverse uh, theory is in Dragon yeah. Ball, yes. Uh, what was it? There's the yeah, because the films aren't canon. They're separate timelines. Most um, of them aren't. There are some. It's about to say it depends on the film. The newer films are like canon. Oh, what was it? Um, Marvel's obviously got its multiverse. Um. Yeah, multiverse. Going into multiverse, that could that that could get complicated very quickly. Speaking of multiverse, let's get the train back on the track. Yeah, we should train. get back onto the main timeline and uh, get on with uh, what Stefan played. Mine's next in the line. I was about to, I was about to say, think through this properly because I'm next on the list. Well, okay, I mean, if you want to go next, go for it. I've played, I've played the Black Watchman. What? Okay. Racist. 
Not, not the not the Black Watchman. The Black Watchman. Is that the thing you were playing just before the podcast? It was the thing we were playing before we just played the podcast. How do I explain this? Oh, shit. The most confusing and complicated way possible. Let's go. Right. Okay. A little bit of history. There is an RPG done by Funcom called The Secret World. And it was an RPG where you were a member of various secret societies like the Knights Templar and the Illuminati. The Secret Worlds. And you were basically trying to gain control over one another while also stopping the world from being destroyed by weird demons of Satan and other As paranormal events. Do. Yeah. Just because. And it had various ways of how you did quests. So you did your normal fetch quests, you know, you pick up your five demonic bear asses and hand them into someone. And, you five know, demonic bear asses. <laughs> you know, the story quest, you know, goes. Now, is that bear with asses? As in, like, 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 Grizzly bear asses, or like bear as in like just naked asses. Um, grizzly, <laughs> but the other can happen. Yeah, just someone to chop yeah, off so butts and then yeah, use that as currency. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you had those sort of quests, and then you had ones where you had to find sort of specific objects or or learn stuff while like not being given, you know, quest markers on where to go, and then sort of stuff that you had to use. <laughs> Nice. Uh, just got it in the Discord. It just says five demonic bear asses with asses spelled A dollar sign dollar sign E dollar sign. To make it YouTube friendly. Yeah. But um, yeah, some of the quests required you to learn stuff from outside of the game. ARG quests, as they ended up calling them. And I think I may have it right. If I haven't got the research right, I am wrong. But the ARG quests portion of the Secret World were developed by a company that ended up being called Allison Smith. And the Black Watchman initially was going to be a companion piece to the Secret World. So a ARG game, alternate reality game, for people who didn't just want to play the Secret World to get to the quest. It apparently became a lot more, and it's now considered one of the, one of the gaming world's only permanent alternate reality games, or PARG for short. I made that uh, made that up myself. PARG. PARG. PARG but, uh, for the course. Oh, wait a minute. Nice, nice. Clever. PARG for the course. So, yeah, the idea behind it is it's just like a lot of alternate reality games. <laughs> <laughs> and Duncan has managed to find... Um, Ross from Accursed Farms, the guy who used to do Freeman's Mind, still does. He still, he still does. does the sequel now. Yeah, um, of him playing the Secret World, and my yeah, I thought that name sounded familiar. It's like, where did I hear that? <gasps> I I literally just I mostly put it in for the thumbnail. It's just I love that guy. It is an hilarious thumbnail. I mean, look at that. Doesn't that speak secret society uh, conspiracy theorist? Like this man is at the head of at least two secret societies. Yeah. Mushroom um, cat. The mushrooms um, are Mario. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the gameplay is split into missions. And each mission, initially when it came out, it was a live game. It is, they, they are working on another season that's going to go live. Um, but a lot of those missions now are considered archived. But they used to come out once a week. And in them, you, they could have had, you know, sort of various submissions that you had to do. And generally, to get the answer for the game required you to use tools or to use some form of logic from outside of the game itself in order to get the solutions. Some of them were just as simple as finding a code that was in a document. And to do that, you just open the document in your browser and it would give you a nice PDF and you could just look at it that way. Some started to get a bit more complex, like image manipulation. Um, so far, in what I've got, the image manipulation is downloading a photo into Paint and cutting and pasting blocks so you can realign the letters. Mm. Um, some require you to listen to audio. Some require other uh, going to like other websites. One that I did today, Audible. yeah. One I did today required you to email a person, um, following a, a, a sort of script, but making sure you had the right answers in it. They called it social uh, social engineering. 
and then you'd email it to your email address and they would respond back with an answer which was fucking weird to be fair they've got their email server uh, you know realistically they've got their email server set up that once there's a certain set of keywords in the right order it'll just auto reply right back to you but there was a there was another mission as well you had to go onto a website that had a little mini game on it where you had to plant bugs in an office and when you plant the bugs in there you phone a number and if you put the bugs in the right location you'll get the code to move on to the next mission i had the lucky opportunity of playing it at the right time of day because mm-hmm. the the office has opening hours as it shows on another website it's from like nine till five so if oh you were in, in pacific eastern time or whatever the, that office was hosted and you tried to bug the office between nine and five you'd get a response back from your russian handler telling you no don't be stupid we're not heading in there so some of them you know do have time elements to it Luckily, when I was playing at night, like 11 o'clock this morning, it was 5 o'clock over there, so no one was in the office. But I like those sort of games. They're sort of interesting enough that you know they can frustrate, and believe me, they frustrate. It's a digital scavenger hunt kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the first day, I'm trying to think, remember the first ARG game that I actually tried playing was um, for the release of Portal 2. Um, sort of history on that. There used to be a game pack that they brought out. Well, there was a game pack that Valve brought out sort of four months before Portal was due out called the Potato Sack. And it just contained a bunch of games by indie developers. But uh, as people were playing them... There was Moss Code and stuff. Yeah, there was stuff in there, images that you had to... You sort of put images into audio software to try and you know figure out clues and stuff. And doing that game, you know, sort of then... When people did that in the ARG, the developers started putting potato-themed patches into their games. Mm. And then if people did the stuff in the games that got the potato-themed achievements, those achievements would then be brought to an end game where a a portal-style door would open. But the more potatoes that people had, the quicker the power would run to release the game. And it was the idea that it did an early release. Now, granted, it released six hours early. Believe me, I was there. Terry can vouch for this. I was fucking tired. But, uh, you know, they sort of did that. So I like this sort of the alternate reality game that that has the, world the, events. Um, Was that part the Ratman stuff? No, no, the Ratman was... No, that was... That was just a separate thing entirely. The the ARG was just specifically like these games. Like... like um. There's a reason why I've got, and I put it in the Discord. There is a game by Deja Bond Studios, is the name of it, and the game was called One Two Three Kick It. Drop that beat like an ugly baby. That is the potato. full name of the game. Yeah, that well. was the potato sack game. And then the yeah, the one before that was called Ah. Uh... Yeah, but that that wasn't one. But still, so every AIG game has its gimmick in regards to not just how because. There's only so many games that you can play where you can solve puzzles outside of stuff. There's got to be something that gets people involved and invested in some way. Ingress for mobile phones. The idea behind that is in the same way as what Niantic have used for Pokemon Go. Set up events that when people solve clues, people would gather at certain locations in the world to progress a story that would be on there. The Black Watchman wants your contact information. There are various clearance levels in the game. You start clearance level red, and that means all you're responsible for doing is just solving the puzzles in the game as they come along. Clearance level yellow allows you, or if you put your mobile phone number, allows automated messages to phone you. And if you accept the call, you can then help people out in puzzles from there. Clearance level orange, they'll phone you and email you. I think the highest level on it is clearance level green, in which they expect agents who sign up for that to undergo a psychological test, an evaluation. Because if you pass that evaluation, your clearance level on that would allow you to globe trot to get answers for the puzzles. But they put people in stressful situations in order to do it, so they need to make sure that you're not just going to go loopy. <laughs> so that's like the Black Watchman's sort of gimmick on that. 
So they've archived everything there up to that point. They're on an off season at the moment, so there isn't a new set of, of missions yet. But that gives that gives morons like me time to catch up and to look at the missions and just go, uh, I can't do this, and then eventually find a forum and ask for help or check the spoilers or even someone's Let's Play videos. But uh, yeah, now now they've scrambled everyone's brains. I find it fun, and if you like those sort of games, you can easily pick it up on Steam. I don't think it's actually that much. Very interesting. Let's have a look. Just have a look. Saving eighty percent on it. It is <laughs> to get the game now is one pound forty three because they're actually that's that's like ten dollars for me they actually think they've upgraded it to something called Whitechapel. so but you you can buy the seasons as you go as well which i think i will be doing because as frustrating as they can be they're pretty cool but uh yeah steph yes what have you been playing okay Uh, i've been uh, i've not really played anything new i'll have been playing is mainly Anno, and while playing Anno, complaining about <laughs> about how I preferred the older Annos. Oh dear! What is because... you talking about that I wasn't that I haven't been introduced yet? Anno. Okay. It's um like a base building, well, empire building, um, game based on. I'm trying to think like what. According to this, it's from the 1800s. This version of it. Ah. And um, the first Anno I ever played, which I believe was Anno 1503. I believe that was the first. Yes, that was the first Anno I ever played. And I preferred the way that Anno played compared to parts of the new one. I preferred the way buildings upgraded. And it, it, it this is more or less of a let's play than I preferred older version of a game than I do prefer the newer version. And it's, it's not like they change that much like some of it is a lot better in the newer version setting up trade lines is easier it's not as straightforward as i was thinking when i tried it the other day um but the upgrading in anno 1503 it used to be if you have four houses together and they have everything they wanted they made a better house together basically use them four houses to upgrade that house and um that's the way it used to work and it was it it's kind of stopped you from overbuilding, in a way. Because either one, them workers were workers. While in the new... You did have higher level worker who were willing to do more of a, well, a different thing. In this one, you have to have a balance between shitty houses to newer houses to newer, newer, and newer, basically. So... And you have to upgrade each house individually. It doesn't do on its own. Okay. So I, I found Anno 15. A house upgrade, like, for your city to upgrade, was a lot better. Everything else, I kind of go with Anno, 8, any, Anno 1800. Because um, it is a lot neater of a game. I just seem to be pulling out random shit that I didn't like about it. Mm. I feel like everyone's died. Yeah. I feel like Darius definitely died. I'm not bad. I'm still here. Yeah. Don't worry. You've still you just got died Greg. a little bit more inside. That's all. I still got Craig. <laughs> you don't listen to me. But um, yeah, I've ended up buying the season passes, season one and season yay. two. I don't know what you're saying yay about. You've only got season one. Well, I still have not explored the. The full potential of season one, so I I like the game that much. I'll happily buy any DLC for Anno, and I do like Anno as a game in general. Yeah, it's why it's why I own Anno fourteen oh four, Anno fourteen oh fifteen oh three, Anno seventeen oh one, Anno two twenty seven. Why do I have two versions of Anno twenty seven? Because you like it just that much. Uh, you've got it all because you've bought it on Steam. So one version is Steam version, the other is Uplay version kind of but thing. You, my Uplay game says I own two. I know, same with me. Uh, and then I own uh, then the newer one, Anno. I, I believe there is another Anno that I don't own, which I, I will probably end up owning at some point. But um, yeah, Anno 
overall, I preferred. There's bits I prefer from older versions to newer versions. I don't really like the futuristic one. Mm. It's not something. I think I'll go like I, oh I know 2005. I don't think I own that one. I might get that. The ultimate edition's only a tenner. Well, you know, got lots of time to spend it's, indoors. Seventy-five percent discount. <gasps> um, yeah, I, I, I believe I own basically all the annals. To my note, I don't think I own sixteen old finger. Maybe I do. I don't even know. I don't like the fact I'm looking at this star right now and it doesn't tell me what I own. <laughs> yeah. But um, I might own that. I don't even know if I do own 2000. No, I own oh, no, 2005. I own it. I think I own standard edition of it, though. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, over, overall, I pref- I'm not even sure if I prefer the old one because it's been that long since I've played it. But I do prefer the way it upgraded. Mm. Um, I can't remember. M- I don't like the newer ones because you have to actually pick. If you want to go green or fuck, you have to go eco-friendly or fucking pollution mad. I don't like that bit on the Anno, especially on the 2007er. 2000 and the 27er. But um, I can't remember playing 2205, so I'll have to remember that one at some point. But um, yeah, the, I, I just don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I feel like I've dug myself a little hole. <laughs> well, well, I guess we could give time for Steph to climb out of the hole that he's uh, he's dug in. I feel like I'll just dig myself in my... the the Anno rabbit hole. The 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 Anno of I can't remember much, but I preferred the upgrades to the Anno fifteen oh three. I'm sure there's more, and I can't remember my other issues with it. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, the AI is fucking bollocks sometimes. Oh, fucking hell. We're playing with a two-star friggin' enemy and friggin' hell, he upgrades faster than friggin' Jesus. Yeah, if you are not doing, let's say, 20 things at the same time, you're screwed, basically. Yeah. While in the older version, you you could happily focus on one thing. The computer would be, like, chugging along in its own slow pace. No matter what level you seem to put it at. And here, within With, two hours, you're being bombarded from every single yeah. angle. So we, we found that in our, um, we, we, our first session we played together, where the computer turned around and went, I don't like you anymore, and just kind of wiped us out. It's like, okay, I think we've lost this. Let's just quit. <laughs> like, surprise, motherfucker. Time oh, to die. Yeah. It wasn't even that. It was like, I left. In this game, I tend to leave Darius to the whole thing of dealing with the NPCs and everything else. I'll deal with the set and building and setting up better infrastructure. Trade routes and stuff like that? No, I, I just do infrastructure on an island. Then I move to the next island and then to another island and then different. Um, I, I, it's like at the minute we're in this... What's the new place called we're in at the minute? The pirate something, because the there's the old world, new world, and the pirate something. Yeah, something like that. I'm not entirely I sure. I don't think it's pirate called. anything. The yo ho ho a beluga. I think he's losing his. I think he's losing it. We need to have the pot to lose it. Shh, don't tell him that. <laughs> is it? Is this the world that comes in the season pass? Yes. I believe it's the first one. No, it doesn't really help because it doesn't tell you what world you go to after. Yep, mm. doesn't tell you what. Doesn't tell you what what um place you go to. The sunken well, treasure DLC it. explains your island of a new. Yeah, that's the one. So sunken treasures. Mm. It it doesn't tell. You, it just says it just contains a large island. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the one we're on about. But it doesn't. It's a new European season. Basically, we we made Europe in the new one. By the sounds of it. Cape Trailwayne. Something like that. Yes, see, told you I'm pirate. Well, it's from the pirate quest. You're from the pirate quest. Well, I had to do the pirate quest. You have not do, done the pirate quest. It was me. I, I don't even know how to get a new world or do anything else like that, sir. So. You're doing a lot better than me. Well, the next island to unlock is the Arctic. 
Titanic. Wonder oh, how well. I can blow that one up. Titanic style. We still need to take out the purple guy. Sure. But um, the purple guy's our enemy. We don't like him. Bubble sure. Yes. He's evil. Well, that tastes purple. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Um, I think that's mainly it. See, I didn't get myself out of that hole. <laughs> no, you really didn't. Oh dear. So, uh, yeah, while we... Hello, 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 hello. Can you hear me? Sorry. I mean, I'm Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, I just got to that point where I'm just going to keep digging. I'll see you in China. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, while (laughs) Steph keeps digging, we'll wrap this up. Just keep digging. Just Just remember, when you're actually, like, about to get to China, like, don't you know, well, actually, they have any new cases of this. I love this. Why don't I, uh, I, I would probably just stay away from that area for for the time it, being? It, By the time a... it took me to dig to it, I don't think it'll be much of a concern anymore. By the oh. time, look, okay, look, if we're gonna be like that, I mean, by the time you dig to it, you'll get to the center of the earth and melt. I mean, come on, <laughs> let's just let's. If you're gonna be silly, I'm gonna be silly. Let's 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 just be on the same page. Let's <laughs> be on the same page here. Who says I'm digging straight down? He's going around. He's going a long way. Oh, no. It's like, it's like a spirograph. It's just going to pull the like, earth off what, like a what, fucking what, orange peel. It's going to take like three times longer. I'm going to dig down to a depth where I know I can happily dig under the ocean. And then go directly that direction. Make sure I find Duncan where Duncan's house is. Dig a giant hole there first and then carry on. <laughs> and then sooner or later, buildings will start falling in my hole. This is the weirdest game of Rampage I've ever heard. Isn't this this the plot of Incredibles 2? The Underminer. underminer. Yeah, it is actually, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, dear. So, uh, yeah. The Underminer. So while we keep thinking of that, like, share, subscribe, follow the stuff in the descriptions. Remember, listen to the podcast any way you want to. Watch the videos Uh, on the channel. Spread it and share it to your friends. And uh, thank you, Darius, Duncan, D, and Steph. That one doesn't roll off the tongue, but the all the Ds. What, what am I thanking? I know, isn't it? Look at it. And, uh, D-Storm. Yeah. Why am I being outnumbered? Oh, well, it's, uh, it was bound to happen eventually. So, uh, yeah, until next week, please, for God's sake, stay at home. Yeah, don't don't kill each other. Stay inside and keep the COVID to yourself. Yeah. Oh, damn it, I said it. Oh, that's <laughs> Fucked it all up.